You are Locked On Pacers, your daily Indiana Pacers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in to a middle of free agency Locked On Pacers podcast, the podcast daily where we talk about the Indiana Pacers. As always, my name is Tony East. I cover the Pacers for Forbes and the West Side Community News. Joining me today to talk about the opening parts of free agency, you might know him as a former host of this show and a former writer at Indie Corners, Adam Friedman. Adam, nothing has happened for the Pacers so far in two hours and 40 minutes. And the last couple of times we've done these shows together, they'd already sound like three players by this point. It's a very strange time so far. Yeah, the Kevin Durant is causing a clog. <laughs> a clog. Kevin Durant, is- Kevin Durant has held back the league. For those who are living under a rock uh, or are just curious, what's going on? Kevin Durant, per Woj and Shams and everybody, went to the Nets, went to owner Joe Sy today and said, I don't want to play for the Brooklyn Nets anymore. I would like to be traded. And he is on a four-year contract. He does not have a no-trade clause. He does not have a player option. And he is still amazing, one of the five best players in the league last year. Literally every team should have some level of interest in Kevin Durant. It doesn't make sense for every team to trade for him. But like at, at that is there's a chance that this will be the biggest trade in NBA history and a rival in terms of return like the Anthony Davis-Paul George stuff. So how does that impact the Pacers? Well, for example, Zach Levine, as of me speaking right this second – has not re-signed with the Bulls. You know, and he is a max level guy. Maybe the Bulls are trying to figure out if they can get Kevin Durant. DeAndre Ayton, one of the bigger free agent names, has not signed anywhere yet. Maybe the the Suns, who are reportedly Kevin Durant's preferred destination, would like to include Ayton in a deal or move pieces around. So a lot of stuff can't happen until the Kevin Durant trade happens, then teams will know what resources they have. That's why most of the signings so far have been re-signings or exceptions. And that's why I think a lot of these bigger name stuff hasn't happened yet because Kevin Durant is now available and teams are angling to see what they can do there. So the Pacers obviously will probably not get Kevin Durant, but they do care about all the other pieces sliding around and being able to move around. Yeah, I mean, pretty much any team that was a playoff team last year gets Durant and goes from being a playoff team to a conference final team minimum. Yeah, I mean, that's instantly. like That's why the Bulls' sons make sense. I mean, literally anybody who can figure it out. Uh, and it's like this downhill effect, right? As soon as he, if you know, as soon as he's figured out where he's going, then it becomes what happens with, like you said, with Aiden and Levine as the main next two pieces, and it's like a domino effect downhill. I mean, basically, we've seen what just mid-level guys sign, minimum guys, and then Jalen Brunson, who has been signed by the Knicks for probably a month now, realistically <laughs> speaking. But I mean, that's when they the only his one. Dad as an assistant coach, that one, that one was done. <laughs> I, I, I do wonder though if. The Knicks should have waited because Kyrie's now available, but I guess they like Brunson better, so I don't know. But like, I mean, oh, well, I would, I would available yet, but we assume he will be available. Sorry, I would rather have Jalen Brunson than Kyrie right now. I mean, I think most teams yeah, would. I, I I agree. I tend to agree, but I feel like Kyrie at his best if he's not if he plays, you know, sixty five <laughs> games and is not complaining all the time is like a borderline top 15, 20 player. Where Brunson, I'm not sure reaches that, but Brunson got a very just consistent. You know, he's gonna be really good. But ironically, Ky- ironically, Kyrie's lack of playing in his situation last year is part of what makes Kevin Durant look so valuable right now because the Nets went through complete hell last year. They traded hard and Simmons didn't play for them. Kyrie barely played for them. All their signings didn't work out at all. And they still 
walked right into the seven seed because Kevin Durant's that yeah. good. I think when he played, they were the they had the best win percentage of any team in the league outside the Suns, I think. In the East, at least, they had the highest win percentage. Right. So, yeah, he's mega valuable. And so, the, uh, so for the Pacers' perspective here, you know, I'm not going to report anything. These are just, like, examples of what could be the case. Like, if they want Aiton... They have to wait because Aiden could be in a sign and trade to Brooklyn if the if the Suns would like to get Kevin Durant, for example. Or if they want a team that could be trying to wiggle space to get Aiden, they have to wait <laughs> until the Kevin Durant trade to take on those assets from that team, right? Anything that they could do that would make sense in this free agency period generally requires waiting for Kevin Durant or even Kyrie if the if the Nets trade him as well. So that is why the the biggest reason to me at least that the Pacers have done nothing for the first two and a half hours is they either could be a team that's taking in some crappy money to facilitate a very large Kevin Durant trade, or they are just waiting to figure out where he's going. If it's not Phoenix, you know, maybe it's Miami, maybe it's Portland, whatever to then poach off some other pieces from teams right after that happens. Yeah. I think the most like the interesting part about this is that the nets are basically in the same spot. They were what 2012 when they made those, the KG Paul Pierce trade where they can't, be bad because if they're bad, their picks go to Houston. Like they don't, they're not like they're not a situation where like you know best player on a team says he wants out. Most teams just trade him away, trade all assets, restart, whatever. Because you know the kind of said something similar right now. They're doing that. I mean, you see the Thunder have done that. Team after team usually does does that, but they can't. So that at the same time, they they have to figure out how to stay like decent while also getting rid of the what fourth best player in the NBA. Maybe you know the best one depending on the, the day and injury level and whatnot. Um, at the same time, it feels like then that means there isn't as much maneuvering around, right? Like because they're not going to try to shed salary, the nets, at least they're going to try to get a player back. The Pacers can't be the third team here. The only time they can right. be a third team is if there's like some weird rule, like the Miami one where like, bam, can't go to the nets because of some, the weird contract situation in the way the, what it's like the, the players that sign off their designated rookie, rookie yeah, some, yeah, some obscure cap rule that like that is part of it. But like besides that, it, they're basically going to make a straight up trade because they want to get a player that's probably going to end up being I don't know sixty to seven percent of the Durant value. But that's the goal, right? Aiden is probably that, Levine is probably that, and so on. So it's kind of a wait and see. But then once Durant happens, we'll see if there's like a downhill effect, right? Kyrie's and the Pacers get involved in a Kyrie thing where they can be the team and take some bad assets for that um, because that seems to be the where I would, as I was the Pacers, I would be in the mode of like use my cap space to gain assets to continue to rebuild. Unless there's some player that you think is going to fit your timeline, and Aiden maybe does, but like there's not a lot out there. Like Russell Westbrook does not fit their timeline in any way. Yeah, now that Miles Bridges won't be signed, too, there's very few of the young, talented, obvious fits for them. Malik Monk was kind of one, right? He already is gone. Troy Brown, Lonnie Walker already to the Lakers, so. That is is true as well, that those options are are lesser. The other factor here for the Nets to me to talk about with the Pacers is they're slowing down everything and causing the Pacers to wait is if Kyrie is traded, they could become a Brogdon team. And there there are fewer of those after the Wizards got a point guard, you know, the Hawks got Murray. You know, there are a few. Brunson went to New York, for example. The Nets, you know, they have Ben Simmons, sure, but they could be a Brogdon fit team pretty naturally, both in terms of like a three-team deal or – 
just wanting a guy like Brogdon to to make their team better because like you said they don't want to be bad all their picks are going to Houston for <laughs> for like over a half decade so a player that doesn't not on the roster currently that plays for another <laughs> right. team who also really doesn't want that player maybe either the money he makes it's just, just like <laughs> that's right so, so there's a new Brogdon team potentially if Irving is on the move and that is another that is another pro for the Pacers despite them having to to delay here so the Nets are uh, the Nets are slowing things down for the Pacers, but potentially could at least not help them, but could set them up, especially as all these other teams are making moves and using their resources to be in at least some sort of position of like, okay, we can, we have a lot of resources and power with the stuff that's left to do in free agency. Do you, do you think it's one of the worst years to have cap space? I mean, like it doesn't seem like yeah, oh yeah, as valuable as it's been, right? I mean, I think you go back, Pacers had a lot of cap space when we first started this podcast. I don't know. Uh, 2018, well, 17. That was a great year to catch because they got a lot of good talent, you know, at good value, right? 10, then Collison was 10 million. Bojan was 10 million at that time. That was a good value. There's not a lot of that out there. And then also, there's not a lot of good take guys for team to have good assets that want to give up, right? Like, there's just not, you know, the Russell Westbrook one, like we've said, doesn't make sense because the assets they would get are so far in the future, it screws up their timeline, doesn't really fit. They, they had cap space in 2017. That was the year after. Uh, the big spike in the cap, right? So they could just poach people. And then the second time they had cap space was 2019. And they had a bunch, so they could get Brogdon and Jeremy Lamb and TJ Warren. You know, they had yeah. good timing before. And then this year, it's a very crappy time, which is why taking in some bad bad contracts and stealing some assets makes some sense. But it, it's not like because they're bad, it doesn't really matter. You know what I mean? Like they can just justify a lot of young guys. Um. Do you know if the Brunson trade is a sign-in trade ultimately, I guess? It could be. It right, because that could end up being a – because wouldn't Brogdon fit in that trade exception if that does happen? Uh, base year compensation means it'll be close. Maybe they could make it a bigger trade that would fit him in. But, Bro- right. but Turner as well, a Dallas native. Yeah, I was just saying that's because that's, that's where like I would be looking right now, right, is that – because, I mean, honestly, we have no idea what's going to happen because there's been absolutely zero moves, and now I'm just starting to like think of things that could happen. Um, they're going to need to replace – you know, some of Brunson's value or whatever it is. So, I mean, that's, and that's team probably still us. I don't know what picks they have, but I'm sure they have some picks that are worth grabbing onto or some player that's young enough that you can grab onto. Especially because Dallas has Luca. You would think they would want to get good players and not lose Jalen Brunson for absolutely nothing. So, that is something they'll have to figure out, and perhaps they try to fold that into something bigger because they, even if they just trade them to the Knicks for nothing, they create a ginormous trade exception that. Brogdon fits in or close to fits in or Turner's close to fitting in. Hey guys, quick little break to talk to you about Arcade One Up. We have some big news. The one and only NBA Jam is back. Arcade One Up, the leader in at-home retro arcade games, is not only bringing you the best video game ever back, but they've made it bigger and better than ever with a Shaq edition machine jump clear across the court, set the bell on fire in one of the first sports games ever to feature real and digitized NBA licensed teams, no fouls, no free throws and no quarters required to compete with friends now and family through all new Wi-Fi leaderboards, making you more connected than ever. You can pre-order now from arcade1up.com. That's arcade, the number one up.com for an estimated early September ship date. They've got even more classics too, like Golden Tee, Mortal Kombat, many others starting at just $3.99. Check this out. They're giving away one of those NBA Jam Shack edition machines to a lockdown listener. Enter for a chance to win a game console for your man cave at arcade1up.com slash lockdown. Arcade, the number one up, slash, dot com, slash, locked on. You've got till July 8th to enter to win NBA Jam Shaq Edition console. 
Let's pivot, though, a little bit. The Nets are the bottleneck here. Some Pacers targets have been signed, but I do want to talk about a small good thing that has happened for the Pacers so far in free agency. Good might be a stretch of a word, but a decent thing. As we speak, it is 8.49 p.m., and 10 teams have already used their mid-level exception on a player. Right, that is Philadelphia with P.J. Tucker, Toronto with Thad, the Clippers with John Wall, the Lakers with Lonnie Walker, the Kings with Malik Monk, the Bucks with Joe Ingles. That surprised me. The Mavs with JaVale McGee. That also surprised me. The Grizzlies. Uh, oh, they might not have. Uh, Tyus Jones, they did. Uh, the Heat with Victor Oladipo and the Timberwolves with Kyle Anderson. That's 10. Why does that matter? Because that is 10 less teams with obvious resources to sign Jalen Smith. And so the fewer options he has in terms of big money increase could make the Pacers offer where they come in and say, look, again, we, we are definitely capped on what we can offer you this year and next year, but we can give you a ton of minutes and a ton of opportunity in our 4-5 or five rotation with Jackson and Turner. We have no forwards. You can play the four all the time. As these resources dry up for other teams, I think the Pacers' chances of keeping him get a little stronger by the minute. So how much money can they offer him? It's 120% of his current salary? Right, he, he can get up to what his third year rookie skill amount would have oh, been had it been okay. picked up, which is four point seven million. Not very much, although he was kind of crap for a year and a half. He was great with the Pacers, so that's why I thought he would be eligible or be a guy that some teams would like to get more yeah, of. Like some of the young make teams, seven or eight, maybe if the right middle team stepped in. Right, right. That's what I thought. Like, or a team like Detroit or OKC who needs young centers could just be like, "Yep, here's some money," but they drafted bigs, so like everything that the Pacers kind of needed to go their way to be able to get him has happened, right? The Knicks signed Isaiah Hartenstein, some of these other center and teams drafted them. Now the MLEs are flying off the market. So there is still a chance that they could keep him. And that chance gets higher by the minute, which surprises me, uh, surprises me a, a little bit, but not so much given what the deals have been. It's not like any single deal so far. I was maybe go, Whoa, it's just that in the aggregate, it's helping the Pacers in this specific thing. Yeah, the problem with that, right, is because they're screwed for two years on Smith, right? They have to be able yes. to get him to – so, like, I mean, obviously you can retain him for that kind of money you would for one more year, but it doesn't really – he can't He can't be part of a future plan because they can't basically give him the money. If he has another good year, he's definitely out the door, right? So it's, like, <laughs> this really weird spot they got in. I mean, obviously they took him on as kind of like a – just like a, a, a product because they could, but it just – it's sort of a whole – it's kind of weird. It just Yeah, that's the part of this that I, I wrote it in my article about Jalen Smith but has been really under-discussed. It's like, okay, they get him back. That's great. And then next year, they're bound by the same rules again and can only keep them at, at like 5.8, I think. Let me pull up. That's what I mean. And there should be some clause where like if you get traded off your initial team, they say they don't, that, that that then kind of resets itself, right? You can either, you know, you can become a free agent or whatever the deal is because like that just seems like it seems like if you're trading for a guy, you're actually trying to rebuild his value. And so it just it's a weird it's a weird quirk. So exists, I, frankly. I, I hear you. And I'm going to tell you why that rule won't happen. Because okay. I agree that in this case, it, it screwed the Pacers. The purpose of this rule is, and this is not free agency related, so I'll go kind of quick. The purpose of this rule is that like, you don't draft Zion, and then after year one go, yep, he's amazing, and then decline his option and give him the max as soon as you can. So, no, what, you've de- so what you've described, here's what would have happened. For example, the Suns realized that Jalen Smith's amazing, for example. So they trade him away on purpose and then max him after he <laughs> finishes the season with a different team. You know what I mean? So oh, they don't you want could probably write a rule where you can't go back to the team. That yeah, that that's that. true. There's but that's, ways. The ways around this that seem to make more right. sense. But I, the whole point is they want is probably because the players want to be picked up all their four yeah. years. The idea is to send somebody just to keep their whole rookie deal set. I mean, 
the reason that for reason they aren't for a guaranteed rookie deal doesn't make a lot of sense either. Maybe they just should be, you know, like the NFL does that, right? The first four years are all guaranteed set. And then you kind of have to go on from there. Well, either way, <laughs> uh, I still, I still, even after resources have gone to other teams, the Pacers opportunity is somewhat strong. So they have a chance still, and it's higher than it was before free agency started. But uh, I still think they're like San Antonio, for example, could be a very big threat given like they just traded Murray. They're clearly looking for project guys. Now, there's still threat teams out there to me, at least. That could. Yeah, but the question is, is Smith too good where he would actually help your team be better? And <laughs> Thunder and Spurs just don't want to be good. That is possible. That is definitely possible. So I, I, I don't know where he ends up, but I do think so far, at least good news for the Pacers there. You know what actually surprised me too, Adam, when we were planning this? Is I expected we'd walk into the show, even if after two and a half hours, if the Pacers did nothing. And I covered this yesterday. I said, I, I think they'll probably start slow. I thought maybe at least one of their guys would be signed by another team. Ricky Rubio, TJ Warren, Lance. Someone would at least have some rumblings for another team. They don't even have that. Like their entire cap sheet situation with the holds and the players they have is still exactly the same. It's all quiet on their front in, in an extremely quiet way. Like I think every other team has either signed someone or had one of their players join a different team. Well, I think it's going to be one of the more bizarre for agencies. Cause I think, right. If, if it's true that the Durant request came in literally today, it means they haven't been planning for it and they're probably not going to make a deal in less than 24 hours. So like we might have to wait till like Sunday before stuff starts really flowing in, which is going to be really odd. Cause usually, usually everything comes June 30th by midnight. Like, and then maybe there's like one deal left, right? Like the Kawhi deal in a couple years ago, lingered for a few days, or like I think Hayward before that did that. But eventually it kind of all came in. But if Durant's the thing keeping everything going, I mean, it's going to, or what you might see is like you see Levine resign. And then you see, like, as teams start to realize they're out, out of the running, they just go ahead and do that. That's things. true. But I feel like Durant yep. is going to be the key to all of this. <laughs> I hate that this Pacers show is going to become all about Durant, but you're right. Like, I, I think you're right. And it's funny because, like, I think it was Windhorst, but a couple of the insider guys insider types were talking like when Kyrie was waffling on his player option which I don't think he was actually waffling but when he was reportedly waffling on his player option some of the ESPN reporting and others were like okay all these teams think if he leaves Durant would demand a trade so they like prepped their Durant offer and then he opted in and and that reporting sort of stopped but like maybe some teams were ready for this but maybe not quite all of them and now the Nets have to I mean after trading the farm for James Harden they have to do their due diligence to get the best possible offer. So I agree that the timing of that makes this unique and the lack of cap space around the league too, playing in at the same time as that. It's not like some of these teams that had space, you know, they're not going to be in on Durant anyway, but they would all like to wait and figure it out. So even those teams like the Pacers are one, for example, but San Antonio hasn't really done much. Grizzlies have barely used any of their space. They just brought back Tyus Jones so far. Like Orlando's only brought back guys. They still have their space in theory. You know, it's just been... A holding pattern, and Kevin Durant's got a grip. On, and then the Nets really have a grip on the entire NBA. So I, I got a question for you. So let, let's say that Durant doesn't go for the Aiton trade, right? Is there besides the Pacers who has the space and the will to actually max him out? Because I feel like the Pacers might be one of the few teams that actually. Because Detroit, like Detroit was sort of the rumor, and obviously they seem like they're out of it now. They've been signing guys; they sort of moved their on. I mean, like. It would make sense. They, they have to spend, what's the floor, $100-something million dollars at least. And if they want to get rid of Turner, they've got to spend the money somewhere ultimately this year. And at least they get, you know, with Aiden, they have something good. They can maybe sign and trade Turner away or something like that with that with that move. Yeah, Orlando and Detroit had the, the big amounts. 
Uh, and then like Portland could have had space, San Antonio could have space, but there is not very many. That's right. Why so they're, they're like it's either Aiden either goes to the Nets, back to the Suns, or maybe to the Pacers. It's like maybe the three teams that are left. And he might get they it all from the Pacers and then still go back to the Suns if it all shakes out. The Pacers are in an Aiton position of power, I would say. If they if they're interested in him. I don't know that they are or aren't. I mean, apparently they discussed the Sabonis trades with the Suns. For so, Aiton back in February. So apparently they have some level of interest in his talents, but they are potentially in a position of power here to scoop him up. But the, the, the dangerous one to me is Portland. Like if Portland doesn't get KD, that could be their swoop in and facilitate kind of thing. Although would they facilitate a three-team trade where they don't get Durant? I don't know, but they're one that makes a lot of sense to me as well. Because like I, I do think Aiden, he kind of fits the Pacers' timeline. He's one of the – we've seen that he can actually play deep into the playoffs as a center, which is rare. I mean, we don't know that with Turner still really. We've never, they've never met deep with him. I mean, it it seems like that would be like if they could get him a no brainer kind of move. I guess it's whether you think that he whatever issue have with the Suns is going to linger over. But like at the end of the day, if you max out a young player for four years, there's two years of rebuilding, and then you can probably trade the deal in two years, and the cap goes up again, and now thirty million dollars seems like nothing. One more break here, guys, so I can talk to you about BetOnline.net, your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news, including this year's NHL playoffs and Major League Baseball. And Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. They've got lines up for NFL Week 1 already, if you're interested in taking the Colts over the Texans or vice versa. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, sports podcasts, and news this season. They're the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. That's BetOnline.net. Head over to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action. Bet online is where the game starts. Yeah, the, the argument for him on the Pacers is obvious, right? He's young and good. Duh. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of what they should want at this stage of their whatever word you use to describe going from their old team to their new team. The the problem I've had with it mostly is one, I'm not as high on Aiden as a player, but that doesn't really matter in for what I'm well, well, asking this. Is he better than Turner? I mean, do you think Ben? Yeah, Miles he Turner? is better. He's better than Miles Turner. Okay. Just... And, and the other, well, the other part of this is like, did, have you seen some of these center deals that happened the last couple of days? Like, Avicha Zubac gets eleven million and all this stuff. Like, Turner probably is going to get more than eighteen million on his next deal. So, Aiton's Aiton's worth a lot. Yeah, I mean, I, so. I think the money is here is not as important because they have they have the space for it, right? It'd be yeah. different if we're talking luxury tax and the Patriots have the what what is Aiton's max? Four years at like thirty five million a year. Roughly. It starts at a little over thirty. I think the total yeah. for the Patriots would be three four for like one twenty eight or something. Like okay, that. so that's like that. that's that's like basically fourteen million more than fifteen million more than Turner's salary. I mean, that's like with this, and you have you currently have thirty million in space. I mean, like cap. You're not, and you seen there's not many guys to take that space right now, and probably next summer be the same thing. I'm just like, I don't know. That seems like if he's better than Turner, you think he's better than him, and you can do it. It's basically it's kind of free money almost. The the hold I've had is if you sign him, and and you're right, maybe you can trade him in two years, and the, the renegotiated tradable eventually. <laughs> the renegotiated CBA will happen at some point if he signs a four year deal over the contract. Maybe a new TV deal kicks in. Whatever. There's a million things that could change how it's viewed. Is if if it doesn't work that well, like you're paying Halliburton the max next year, and then you're paying Duarte and Isaiah Jackson, like that's your team, right? Aiton, Halliburton, and the young guys you have now. Well, I think maybe Duarte and Jackson. I mean, we're to maybe year two. They're going into year two. Halliburton, I understand, but Duarte and Jackson going to year two, like you don't actually know what they're gonna. Like, yeah, things could level off. Things could change for sure. But 
you, you can you could probably squeeze one vet in there. Not like a great one. Like that's your team. That's close to what your team is going to be. And and that that might well, be and, fine for and, them. And Matherin, if he's decent. I mean, there that is a good <laughs> no, but that's a yeah. decent team. I mean, it's like it's like it's a bad team right there. No, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. But that that's the the downside risk I have is like if they believe Aiton's the guy that like takes them to whatever they would like to be, then yeah, it doesn't matter what you think of your future cap situation. You yeah. get the guy. So well, they, that that might be me just big braining like long term team planning. But that's where I have the most pause. Is you, like that's your team. That's it. Yeah, I mean that they're, they're in the position right where like they got to make a big sign either this summer or next summer before if Halliburton becomes really that good, is true. His kicks in. So like the question is who's available next summer they could get. And I haven't actually looked at the list that, that deeply, so I don't know. But, like, <laughs> right, that's the difference. Like, who is – in it again, in the restricted game, it's hard, right? If it's a good player, he's not going to leave. Aiden is in this weird situation where the Suns, for some reason, don't want him after – like, it's maybe one of these weird opportunities to steal a guy in a way that usually uh, – Are you ready for with. 2023 yeah. free agents? LeBron, Westbrook, Middleton, Irving, Porzingis, Love, Wiggins, Jokic, not anymore on Jokic. Uh, D'Lo, Al Horford, Vucevic, Barnes, Gallo, Jeremy Grant, Miles, Bojan. Uh, it's a much better class than this year, but no like perfect young fits for the Pacers. Like, well, have I mean, me. oh my, how? My. And now, now it's your computer screen. Nice. Um, <laughs> uh, but that's because they're. It's rare that a guy this young who is maybe borderline, like in the top, I don't know, forties to have 49 players actually available, right? It's either, it usually happens with the second round pick, like Jalen Brunson, right? A guy who just, like, turn, uh, like uh, that happened with Brogdon as well, right? A little bit. They wildly exceed expectations, and all of a sudden they're available because they were supposed to be in the 40s, and all of a sudden they're a great player, or a really good player, right? Or you have these, these. I mean, this is kind of like a similar to a Jermaine O'Neal situation in some ways, right? When Jermaine and the Pacers 20 years ago now um, were like, he was good, but the team didn't want him for some reason, and you weren't sure. And all of a sudden, you were able to kind of steal this young player, and you trusted your system to help kind of lift him up. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So I honestly, beyond Aiton, though, they would be playing little ball. They would be going for your DiVincenzo types, your you know under guys who were well, in that they, same draft class. Because if they get Aiton and they say they give up Turner somehow in that move. They're basically that's that's what puts them now at 105 million. That's something like that. If they get eight, if they get Aiton, so the the other problem with Aiton that I've been discussed is what you just described has been floated a lot. Is like this Turner for Aiton swap that that could exist. It's like why would they trade Turner? They could just cut Goga and stretch his deal, and boom, they have enough space to sign him. Like why does Turner have to go to Phoenix anyway? Because oh, um, they want him, and you get rid of the you get rid of the yeah. play salary. I guess, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe Turner has actually value they could use, right? They could. That's what I've been thinking. Now, I get it. If that's the only way to get it done, okay. Well, that, wait, you're forgetting, you're forgetting, right? Remember when they signed Brogdon, who was a free agent, if I remember right? Uh, what did Herb Simon say? We like to not, like, we don't sign Richard. We make deals to get, that's right. right? That's 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 the deal. That is true. That is the part that I've always, I, I said that on the show one time, and I was talking about that exact thing with Aiton. It's like, they don't have to trade anybody expensive for him. But that's that is how Herb negotiated with the last restricted free agent that he took away. They traded a first and two seconds. Yeah, what pick was that? Who did that end up being? RJ Hampton. Um, yeah. yeah, so they're not going to beat themselves up in retrospect over it. And yeah, it was like a, what is a twenty something pick, right? Twenty one, twenty. Yeah, Brogdon's been good for them. Like it, it's a fine trade. But, oh yeah, I mean Brogdon when he plays is good. It just he doesn't play enough. Right. So there, if that precedent is going to hold, and they have to trade Turner to get him, okay, whatever. And then, yeah, they, they would take on like twelve million of salary in total. They would probably have like 
10 to 15 million in space up. They can do one more sort of interesting thing at that point. But there's not, there's not anyone interesting left. I mean, this free this free agency is 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 not a good class. Yeah, I mean, the other move is to do what the Hawks do next. Hawks is with Deontay Murray next summer. Somebody trade a bunch of picks to get some. But you have to think you're going to be. You have to actually. You probably have to make the playoff. Halbert has to have some amazing season for you. to Actually, want to make a move like that because like the Hawks make sense because you the conference finalist Trey Young is really good. Like they think they can be again in the conference finals and competing for a championship. Theoretically, the Pacers are not even like close to that at the moment. I agree with that for sure. B. Do you, you do it too early or you you max a guy at a weird time in the process and that's how you do a Knicks thing, a Kings thing? You know, that that is what no, that's true. That's how you end up with uh, – I'm trying to think of the, the Cavs comparison. Who did they sign the max deal back in like 07? The right? Cavs? The Cavs, like going back to LeBron. It's what they would do. They would oh, spend all like this money. Oh, and and stuff? Yeah, or like when the when the Pelicans signed uh, Omar – Asik, right? Yeah, like, Omar Asik. <laughs> yeah, like fifteen million a year. Fifteen million a year was like a lot of money back in like the old cap days. Like yeah. just wasting. You you had this time, but you maxed out somebody who was not as good. It was you paid way you overpaid for mediocre talent, and it screwed you up forever. Basically. So if they get like fifth, if they do this this fake thing we've described and end up with fake money that isn't real, and we're talking way too <laughs> I mean, far. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not a there's not a ton of guys worth like that much still out there. Maybe you can just pencil that money for TJ Warren and, and call it a summer. Right? Yeah, I mean, that's a question. I mean, that's the thing I'm going to ask you. Like, what is the the lays on the TJ Warren front? I mean, he he seems like similar to Brogdon to me. A eh? well, we didn't get who we wanted. <laughs> let's let's take this risk kind of signing. You know what I mean? I mean, you could make a case if you ran it back with Warren. Brogdon, Turner, like that's good for developing Halliburton and Duarte theoretically. Like they're you put decent players around them. Like you're you're building sort of um, you're not you're not quite going like uh, you're kind of building more of a, a Boston early Tatum Brown days model than a like a full out tank model. Like I'm trying to think of a team that's done that recently. Uh, now I'm blanking, but you know what I mean. You, you can make a case that's better to be decent because it kind of builds yeah. up. Over time, I, I would say that without Brogdon, just because you want Halbert and have the ball, like that's true, that's fair. All, but the like, time, you, all the time, yeah. I guess you can't really. Well, first of all, Brogdon's gonna play what we think 50 games, so there's gonna be plenty of time for Halbert to if you can that's move Brogdon to, to the two for a while, couldn't you? Theoretically, I don't know, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, there's not a lot of guys you'd want to give you know 10 to 15 million to left out there after that, maybe like Otto Porter. And that's what I mean. It, it's they got to spend the money, otherwise, I guess they just give the money as a you know, they don't spend the cap number at the end of the year. That's why I think a one-year deal, if after they think, would make some sense. Because then you could either flip the guy or just like whatever, deal with it. That's why the worn one-year deal also, I guess, it starting makes a lot of sense. I mean, yes. Right. Just because you could give him a little money to anybody else if it doesn't. Like the old J.J. Reddick deal, right? Where J.J. Reddick had like three one-year deals of 20 plus million dollars a year. Because <laughs> that's right. Like the go-to, every like fill the cap space for a year guy. <laughs> for a uh, any other noteworthy deals to you that have happened? That like, you know, sometimes in these early free agency deals, I, I like to think about like, okay, what, what like sets the market, for example, for a Pacers player or, oh, this guy could have been a good target for them. For example, the Lakers have, if you listen to yesterday's show, the Lakers have signed three guys I thought made sense for the Pacers already. Lonnie Walker, uh, t- uh, Troy Brown, and Juan Toscano Anderson all went to the Lakers. By the way, all three of those guys, clutch clients, very fascinating what's going on in LA. But like, other than that, there hasn't been a ton of stuff that even from a Pacers perspective, I'm like, oh, I find that to be noteworthy. I mean, the Gary Harris is still interesting, right? I mean, it's a lot of money for a guy who's been that good, right? In a while. That is true. That is one. 
That is well, like okay, I guess like Depot. Depot got one year at the mid level. You know, is that going to be what TJ Warren's market is? Similarly, coming off an injury, will he get more than that? But Depot got hurt twice. But Warren hasn't played in two years, right? It's been yes, he's played seventy-one games since twenty nineteen started. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not like it's been it's been a long like. <laughs> It feels like it, it was the bubble was recently, but it's been a long time. He basically hasn't played since the pandemic started. I mean, he played the bubble, and that was it. And I guess he played yeah. like two games that year before he foot. So I, I'm having troubles having any big takeaways from early free agency from a Pacers perspective, other than that most teams without space are just re-signing their own guys and chugging along. It's it, There have only been, like, of the 30-something deals signed so far, like nine. The, of the first 35 deals signed, I think, like, nine were actually guys changing teams. And none of them were, like, awesome players or anything. Yeah, it's been extremely quiet. It kind of reminds me, was it 2018 when Tyreek Evans was kind of, like, the third best rate people could get out there? Like, it's similar to that. But I imagine this Five days up. for the Pacers to get that one done. Yeah. But I imagine yeah, this will heat up as soon as Durant sort of falls. I agree. So it's it, it just like a delayed one. It isn't like it just it's really weird to not have like <laughs> fifteen thousand woge bombs right now. But I guess he had the one giant one at like four o'clock, and that was enough to sort of set the rest of the. My day. goodness, I mean, can you imagine the day of free agency? You're the Nets, and I'm sure they know more than you know, the public, of course. But to have Kevin Durant go straight to your owner and demand a trade a couple hours before free agency, you got to be like, crap. <laughs> Here I we go. Had, they had notes was coming. I mean, I'd be surprised if they didn't. Right? I mean, the whole Kyrie thing is just like. It's kind of Katie's fault in the first place, but it's still just. That's what I'm waiting for. Uh, you know, Kyrie opted in, and and the quote he gave Shams, part of the reasoning was like, finish out this deal with Kevin and the Nets. And then Kevin's like, nah, I'm out. Like, <laughs> what well, happened? I mean, it, I mean, it makes sense because Durant, like, I think he feels like Steph passed him, right? That's what happens. Last he playoff. did pass him. Right. Yeah, but I mean, like, like it felt like for a while, it was like, oh, everyone was like, Steph and KD are probably on a similar all-time ranking. You know, KD's got, got the MVP, but he's got the final, more finals MVPs. But now it's like, oh, Steph's like a better player. But if KD goes to somewhere non-Warriors and wins two more titles or one more, he probably gets then back in the Steph conversation again. I agree, and this this Pacers podcast featuring lots of Kevin Durant uh, is not where I expected. Literally, it's been the most boring for agency so far, so this is what Yeah, we're, we're three hours and ten minutes in. Pacers, the word Pacers has not even crossed the screen yet. Not a not an ex-Pacer, not a new Pacer, nothing. So that's not, again, that's not like too surprising to me. I did cover this yesterday and say, I think it'll start slow. Their big move, if it's Brogdon, will be like a second or third wave move. But I did not think there would be nothing. With their name involved. For three hours, Kevin Durant, though, he's that good. He's got that pull on everybody. Adam, any stray thoughts before we close out today? No, I just hope. I guess we'll see overnight that something happens. I mean, I think it'll be. I said five days. It might take three or four days, but then I think we'll start to really heat up. Of course, it'll probably right on 4th of July. That's when this always happens. <laughs> I That's the worst part of free agency to me is like, I post a podcast and then I go to bed and I'm like, well, this is gonna be dated by the time I wake up. I hope. Yeah, I if Kevin Durant could trade like, what, what, when did that happen with uh with Kawhi? Right, he got traded at like four a.m. Yeah, it was, it was like, I, I remember I like looked at my phone and was like, oh, they were talking vaguely about stuff. And then I woke up and I was my girlfriend woke me up and she's like, oh, Paul George is now in the Clippers. I was like, no, you mean Kawhi? He's like, no, Paul George and Kawhi. Yeah, I was in I was in Illinois for Fourth of July. And I woke up and I, I had like 26 Twitter notifications. I was like, oh, the Pacers had to have traded somebody, you know, someone's DM. No, nope, just the two former Pacers. No, nope, two former deal. Pacers. That's right. That is right. And on that very depressing ending note, everybody, thank you for this coming in and getting 35 minutes into this uh, free agency Pacers wrap up where we didn't talk about the Pacers hardly at all besides 
a little bit of Jalen Smith chatter. When a move happens, I'll have it here. I'll do weekend episodes if that's what it takes because these signings need to be covered as the Pacers push on into whatever, again, their next stage of roster building is. Adam's on Twitter at FreedManum5. This show is at Lockdown Pacers and me at TEastNBA. Thank you all for listening, and we will see you soon.